Hello and welcome to the Savvy Producer Podcast. My name's Phil from Marsden Mastering and this is a show all about productivity, efficiency and keeping your clients happy in the world of music production. Today's episode is a great interview with Owen Korzek. Owen is a multi-instrumentalist producer and mixer based in the Boston area and he specializes in indie music with live instrumentation. His approach focuses heavily on thorough communication with artists, which helps them to achieve their best and most authentic vision in the productions and helps them grow musically in the process. In our interview, we took a deep dive into Owen's ethos and approach when it comes to communicating with artists, the key questions he asks them on pre-production and strategy calls so that projects can run as smoothly as possible and he can fulfill every vision they have, his approach to keeping his studio efficient as a multi-instrumentalist, and what it is to him that makes a great finished production. So without further ado, let's get into it. So Owen, welcome to the show. Yeah, what's up? So how did you get into music production, first of all? Like, what's your story? Oh, this is a, uh, this is a long, <laughs> like not a long one. I, I've trained myself to condense it down, but I basically started as like just a musician first. So um, when I was a kid, like I, I found out I had like a, a knack for like learning stuff by ear uh like literally one day like i was watching the rocky theme uh the rocky movie with my parents and i uh i was able to like play this theme song afterward on the keyboard and so that was kind of like the initial discovery and then uh like my siblings and my parents all like played different instruments so i started like becoming like a multi-instrumentalist just picking up all these interests instruments really fast taking some lessons so that kind of started me in like like what i'm doing now as a producer is like i do a lot of like live instrumentation stuff so like that's like the early roots i didn't know it was going to turn into production later on but after that i started joining bands and some of that like led into studio work so i started getting in studios and kind of being fascinated by that at one point i started uh like kind of doing my own setup like i had to record for a friend at one point in a band who was like starting a home studio and i was more interested in the engineering side so i was kind of like in that role a lot and then i was like hey let me start kind of building up my own setup and so you know i, I re record bands here and there but one project that was definitely a big like sort of initiation for me is that i did a um solo record called glow uh where i totally self-produced it like from the beginning to the end like no other personnel so um that taught me like everything about the recording process just kind of like forcing myself to go through that whole thing and really the production process in general and like all the instruments and like arranging and all that so that like kind of really got me into it but i didn't really expect that i would go down it as like a career path because i was also interested in like uh i thought i was wanted to be like a singer songwriter and like i was also um you know i went to berkeley for a bit and outside of college like after college i was just doing performing stuff like playing in cover bands and stuff like that but then i realized i didn't like the live stuff as much like i wasn't as much of a stage person as a studio person so at a certain point i'd basically just shift gears and like transitioned my work from more live work to uh studio work and i would also say like around the time of the pandemic that was an interesting shift from more the engineering side into production because you know bands were not really meeting at that time like we were on lockdowns so i started connecting with more solo artists and found that like a lot of my skill sets like as a multi-instrumentalist were coming in handy to like help them 
finish their arrangements and like record these entire productions and like arrange and stuff. So as soon as I hit that, it was starting to feel like this is what I was meant to do. And so that started just blooming from there. I got really serious about like the business of it. And uh, now I'm finally full time at that. So it was kind of like a gradual climb from like just like figuring out music. And then I was like full time in music, but it was kind of a split between live and production. And now I'm full time in like production and mi mixing basically. So it's been a nice road. Yeah, nice. I feel like everyone has to go through that stage of sort of doing a bit of everything and then figuring out naturally what bits you're kind of drawn to and what bits are getting the good feedback and yeah it's a good way to sort of find what you want to do i think the funniest part about it is that i remember having a phase where i didn't realize that i could call what i was doing a producer like i thought like producer meant like you had to be like a beat maker or like you know like things like that like you had to have like this electronic knowledge or maybe it was like an imposter syndrome where I felt like I had to be like very well-rounded and like up to date or whatever as a producer, but kind of coincidentally, um, around the same time, people were starting to be like, you can do the, like the live feel thing, you know? And so I started to like carve that niche as a producer. And then also it just so happened that like, you know, I was starting to post more to Instagram and TikTok, And then a lot of the like indie music nowadays has gone more toward live instrumentation. So like, there's also like a nice big market for it of like people wanting that sound of like sounding like more like a boy genius record or like Phoebe Bridgers kind of stuff where it's like, there's a lot of real instruments in there. So it was really nice timing. Like everything just kind of lined up and I feel like it's been a lot of my musical journey prior was pretty much just like all the different work I've put in here and there. But like this has almost felt like a little bit of like a lucky faster trajectory going into production and like finding my niche in it nice yeah so how would you describe like your wheelhouse for for people listening i think it's very clear from listening to your work and looking at your instagram and things but how would you describe like your niche as a producer yeah so i say basically my my tagline basically is i try to help indie artists create like incredible music with live instrumentation and so in, I, I chose those words specifically like because my focus really is on like how does the music as a whole feel like is it like are you really listening to something that feels like well like maybe stunning is not the right word but just like the best that it can be and so in my approach I guess I really like following the artist's vision and just like putting in a lot of focus on the arrangements and the creativity and the vision side of it and like letting that kind of tell the story of the song that makes sense and um so i've been working with mostly solo artists uh that was actually an accident of the niche like i i never like closed myself off to bands or anything like that but i just found once i started like marketing myself as a multi-instrumentalist producer it's just like a magnet to solo artists right you know because it just kind of is a, a natural match for what they're looking for they need someone to like help with all their instruments and stuff so yeah so I hope that kind of sums it up. Definitely the styles I'm doing. Uh, I tell people it's kind of like the, there's like a little bit of a uh, Venn diagram that some people fall into where it's like indie, pop, rock, alternative, and folk. You know, it's like kind of this, anything in those like circles of, that's basically my wheelhouse is that sort of stuff. And then I do specialize in stuff with more real instruments than electronic, like, I'll, I'll do stuff that has some electronic elements 
but I try to steer away from anything that's like entirely electronic because there's people that do that like way better than me. So uh, I lean into my strength of like uh, anything that's like based on real instruments in the arrangement and uh, people who are looking for that sound, people who are looking for like a little bit more of a organic sound as well, like not over-processed, over-tuned, you know, kind of like just a little bit more um, bringing out the natural human emotion of the music. And um, it's similar to with my process of working with people. I like to uh, have a very collaborative approach where I we're spending a lot of time, like I'm spending a lot of time listening to them and their ideas and trying to get that to translate versus just like me running off and doing my own thing. And you, you obviously put like a lot of emphasis on the way you communicate with artists and you know how you get the best out of them and get that vision across um so what is like your kind of ethos with that i suppose how do you approach that sort of thing in the studio yeah um i would say like to sum it up in a couple words before i like kind of go through the the whole process but like it really i think the the and i wrote these words on my website it's like the best words to describe it is like having understanding uh empathy and patience i think those three things are like one of the like a few of the most important qualities to like kind of seek after that just like will dictate how you figure out how to communicate with artists but um basically to kind of break down the process like it starts there's so many layers to it um but it honestly starts even when i first meet an artist so um a lot of times like i'm marketing through um tiktok and instagram and so i'm meeting people online and so when we have our first strategy called together, uh, I'm trying to really ask questions to get, first of all, like an understanding of where they're coming from. Like, are they like, is this their first release? Have they recorded before? Have they had like a bad experience recording before? Which is really good to ask to like get a sense of like, like, have they been burned before? Is there like a bad experience with the producer that they don't want to have again? Like, did they work with someone who like kind of like, blasted through with their own vision and didn't listen enough to like what they were looking for so every time i have those strategy calls i feel like i'm learning more and more about what artists are really needing in terms of like the communication they need to get their ideas across and be actually happy with it in the end and then like i'm also asking about their goals like as an artist sometimes in the next hall but like i might ask like what are their general the general style they're going for are they keeping the same sound? Are they wanting to change direction from their previous material? So there's really like a plethora of all these different questions I'm asking to get clarity of, even if it's like a good fit to work together at first, but it's also really like when I'm first meeting them by really starting it off with communication and trying to understand where they're coming from, it really starts the client relationship off on a good foot of like, right off the gate i'm trying to fully understand what they're coming from and what they need and then everything we do is kind of like customized to that so like some people need a full production some people just need like co-production like a little bit of co-production mixing and they like to be very involved on their own end some people like to learn from the process so i'll even do like if someone wants to learn as they go but maybe they're like working in logic i'll even do some productions where it's like i'll try to focus on working in mostly stock plugins because like at the end of the day it's not so much like the gear that matters but like the experience you give them and like how you're helping them as a musician and like i know i can still get the sound i want that way so for the most part there's usually always like little ex exceptions because i'm just like in my zone and i reach for a different plugin or something but 
there's i mean there's so many different like questions but i i really go into this like some might even find it almost like redundant or over detailed the way i communicate up front but the reason i do it that way is it prevents a lot of misunderstandings later down the line or like the situation of like going through a production and then you're like halfway through or 75 percent the way through and then the artist wants to like redo something major which is ends up being like a big problem for me time-wise because also when i'm working with real instruments there's not like a lot of uh like if i have to redo something that's redoing actual performance it's not just like programming so after the strategy call we have like pre-production on our first meeting and that's where i'm asking them about you know uh the references and even notes about the references like what do you like about the references or uh what should i not focus on what should i focus on from each of these references um and we'll just kind of like start with a basically a fast demo where i'm trying to just get like a an arrangement to show them of like hey here's what i'm gonna do here's the approximate parts the approximate tones i'm going for and i try to get that out as fast as possible so if we have to change it we can do it earlier on it's almost like moving the revision process for producers instead of having that at the end of the production i try to like almost get through that at the beginning and like let's establish the exact direction you want and then once we're there then anything else that needs like a redo like if i need to like retract some guitars with a better quality or something like that like i could or like better takes i can go through that but i'm kind of going into that with this um like understanding i'm telling them like hey we're just sketching things out for like the first couple calls together um and then once we land on something where you're generally happy with the arrangement then i will kind of like refine things even more from there but um yeah and then like when it gets into the meat of the production as we're like tweaking things more and more i love working on zoom calls with audio movers and i also use file pass for when i'm sending things in between so like different people work in different ways so some people they're fine to just like jump on the call hear what i'm working on and then like kick around ideas maybe i'll pick up an instrument like i'll i'll have my guitar already ready if i want to make changes to the part i just played for them and then other people were like hey i need to sit and process with this so like i'll send a version of what we did to their file pass and they can leave some notes with timestamps, and then come back on the call for anything that's like a little bit more involved but uh i really find like working on zoom with audio movers and having these weekly check-ins not only helps the timelines just keep going like it helps the momentum but whenever there's a revision that's like a little bit more complicated or creative i can really get the exact clarity out of the artist instead of like having this like email chain back and forth where it's like i almost got it and then they're like but actually i want it a little bit more like this so what would normally take like three or four emails to communicate so exactly can just be done in like you know kind of like 10 or 20 minutes like talking with each other and like trying some things on my end streaming what i'm playing and recording so that's like the entire process later i know that's a big thing but everything up until i guess like through the production phase and a little bit of mixing i guess yeah so it sounds like just being as adaptable as possible is like the biggest sort of factor in it for you i guess that's definitely a big part of it and i guess like adaptable isn't the first word that comes to mind it's more so like the reason i'm doing all this is to it's really to get clarity because like with clarity in like a open stream of communication with the artist 
you just i find like the the musical results are better like i learn more from each artist as i work with them because they're not holding back their opinions you know and like that's another thing i i sometimes say early on is like i want to make artists like sure that they can be like honest with me and like if they have some like weird brutal feedback at some point that they know that i'm just always ready for something like that and i feel like by getting this like kind of uh almost like being really persistent on making sure that they're actually happy with like what you're producing for them not only makes me better and makes their result better which hopefully makes them more excited to like promote it and stuff like that so being adaptable is great but i think the same process could be done with even less you know it could be uh done in a more uh strict way for lack of better word like i i do give a lot of options for how people can work with me but i think that's not really the thing that does it it's more so the fact that i'm pulling the information out of them well from the get-go instead of like blasting through and getting only surface level input from them because like if a producer is only getting like say they're like the you only get a reference from the artist or you're only getting a couple notes over email you're already missing a lot of the context that you could be getting so for me it's like the more information i can absorb from them especially early on then that's just starting to internalize as like i'm really understanding this artist and then it's also cool because like there's a lot of times in productions they want more of my input and like i also want to like run off and like chase my own vision of how great their song could be so it's like by doing my homework of like getting the most i can to understand their vision when it comes to implementing my vision as well and like emphasizing that i can add a lot more of my own instincts on top as well which is really fun nice so what about these strategy calls i'm interested to know like what your kind of most important questions that you ask are like what do you find really gives you that information that you need to get a project rolling so I'll, I'll just kind of differentiate this for people so we have like a vocabulary here so when i'm talking about a strategy call that's like before i'm working with them this is like i'm just trying to see if they're a good fit to work it with and then like i would say there's a second call after when we first start meeting that would be like we'll call that like a pre-production call so like for the actual strategy call like when i'm meeting a client trying to get a sense of like where they're coming from their background and stuff like that i would say the most important question that probably kicks off everything is why they reached out to me because people usually have a reason for choosing you over someone else at that given point in time and hopefully they have like a strong reason which would show you that they're like kind of an experienced artist and have been down the road a few times or if they are like a first-time artist they usually still have some sort of like this is why i resonated with your content and things like that so that usually kicks off the discussion of like where are they coming from are they a first-time artist who just saw my content is like like heard the sound or maybe they resonated with the sound maybe they resonated with the way i communicate or my vibe uh so i'm paying attention to those things and then also for people who have maybe had other experiences before it usually leads into some sort of context on like okay what happened to your last record what's your reason for going like some people will go from self-produced to a producer some people will go from a previous recording experience to a new producer and there's always a reason there so i'm always trying to figure out the why like what is the reason that this feels like a good fit to you and i'm trying to understand that as best as possible and kind of reinforce that and see if it clicks with me as well nice so getting a bit more 
technical and nerdy on the workflow stuff, I suppose. Um, being like a multi-instrumentalist in your studio, there must be a lot of moving parts and different things to do in a day. What does your workflow look like? What things are kind of helping you keep everything rolling, both physically and um, in the in the door as well? Yeah, so there's a couple big picture concepts I kind of rely on, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like tighter workflow things that I, I can still improve on, but I've been finding because it is so many moving parts, the thing that's gotten me the best start is like anything that's like a big picture improvement. Whereas like uh, a lot of like in maybe in some of your episodes, like with mixing engineers, people will talk about like these higher level things like keyboard maestro and like, you know, macros and stuff like that. I haven't gotten into that yet because that's more of the icing on the cake for what I'm doing. I had to start with like, what are the big picture things to really just get this thing like moving and not choked up anywhere. So there's a few points that like really come to mind. One thing that helped me a lot was actually investing in a computer that has like really good specs. Like this is like a M1 with like 64 RAM, I think. And um, just having a like a laptop or a computer desktop or whatever that isn't going to system overload when you're like throwing all this creativity at it was such like a weight off my shoulders, especially because I like to produce and mix in the same template. I like to just keep going, which is another part of my process and like my client experience is like, I, I don't create a hard separation between those things. So like if a client, if we're going all the way through the final mix and they want to change the intro at the end, like change the arrangement, I'm in a process where I can do that because it's all in the same box, but that ends up being pretty CPU intensive because like I might have a project with, you know, there's like instances of contact in there and like all these different virtual instruments as well as everything I'm mixing. And then I'm also trying to communicate with them on Zoom about it. But I've been um, finding that just became like the first time I tried online production, like that was just so CPU intensive that like I'd be on these Zoom calls and like have system overloads like every 10 minutes. So just doing right off the bat, just doing a computer upgrade was so helpful to not have to freeze tracks, not have to, um, you know, things like that. It was just like, it saved so much time and headache that just allowed me to just be in this nice, like creative zone where I don't have to worry about the technical, like, am I running out of CPU? <laughs> so that was one thing. Um, it's a little bit more of like a higher level concept, but if any buddy is like struggling if anybody's producing and mixing and like struggling with the cpu thing like that's one of the first like gear purchases i would recommend is like just get your computer right so that you're not being interrupted constantly <laughs> throughout the creative process but getting into more of like the probably the most important thing is the way i have my uh, studio set up and i heard of this concept from the book um I think it's called like how to make it in the music business by Ari Hersan, but he mentioned this very interesting concept. I've never heard anyone else say, which was the idea of like a light switch studio, which is the idea of how close can you get your studio to the, to the place where you can just turn on the lights and start working. And like all your instruments are there exactly where you want it. All your microphones are already set up. Like I have my drums. I try to keep my drums always set up like with the general microphone setup I'm having and I don't change it much. Like I have like a like a, a go-to, you know, mic placement and tuning and stuff like that that I really like for most of the style I'm working on. And then like if I want to change like a snare drum or some cymbals, like I can do that to like mix it up. But um 
Yeah, really just creating a basis where the studio is as fluid as possible. Because during my work week, like I, I have to jump between drums, guitar recording, you know, acoustic guitars, vocals, and just trying to get a setup where there's minimal like setup setup time between each thing. So yeah, so one way I mentioned is like having the drums all ready to go and kind of like I have them on separate inputs. Uh, and then those inputs are also already set up in my production template. So like when I open my template, uh, I basically all the drum tracks are there. I even have like my trigger tracks that I like to use for my kick and my snare. And I can just like swipe the record buttons, you know, kind of do a sound check, make sure that's working and basically go, you know, so um, there's like there's some small detail stuff that I'm still like working through, like I have to like do a little interface switch to use my drums versus my other instruments. But the point is that I've gotten those small changes down to where it's like more like five or 10 minutes versus like having to do like a 30 minute setup for a new instrument, you know? So like the, the, the more I can shorten that time, the better it gets. And that's kind of just like an ongoing thing. Another thing that's really helpful is like, I've been embracing more like DI guitars and like doing guitar stuff in the box with amp simulation a lot of times like you can just more get more customization out of it it's easier to like change things after the fact so that's like a a, a nice workflow saver when you can get some really good uh amp simulation that basically sounds like real amps but like is giving you a much faster workflow to like tweak within the daw and the other thing i started doing lately or i have been doing for a while but i've been kind of like milking this ability more is like I try to also have it set up where my guitars are all so ready to go with like the amp that I want to use it sometimes two amps if I'm doing like stereo effects but those are all set up and mic'd up and then also having the DI input ready to go and then I can kind of do this thing where I'm recording my guitars both to through the real amps so I can have that nice real outside of the box sound but then also feeding everything into a blank DI and having, um, I try to save presets every time I use like a, a guitar setting in the box in a previous project. And a lot of times I will save those into my template as like new starting points for new things. So like if I found like a really nice, uh, like in the past year or so, like I found a really nice like ambient guitar tone that I'm just using with plugins. And so I can, that's right away in my template. So if I want to, like if I'm on a call with a client and I want to say like, oh, how does this feel with this ambient sound? I can like pull it up uh, with the, you know, the direct in, in the box version and kind of like we can fiddle around with that, maybe change the plugin for them and like kind of customize it a bit. Uh, or I can have my plugins already, uh, sorry, my pedals set up here and they're like, I like having my pedal board right at the level of my hands rather than, than my feet so i'm not like bending over i can actually do a lot more knob tweaking and like I, I literally have them on a piano piano bench right next to my like my desk where i'm working so that's another workflow thing of like whether i'm using guitars in the box or um you know out, outside the box with pedals it's like within reach it's ready to go and the thing i started doing that's super cool lately is combining both where maybe i'm like experimenting with sounds really fast and like i have sort of a sound i want inside the box sort of a sound i want outside the box and i can start actually blending them to get some even more creative textures so like i did that on a track recently and it was so fun to just know that i could like have this fast process kind of like bouncing off the artist's ideas 
And then like sometimes she would prefer the sound that I got in the box. Sometimes she would prefer the sound that I was getting outside the box. And they were like, it's almost like having two different guitar tones at my disposal. And I can just kind of pick which one I want in the mix. So it also levels up like the overall quality I'm getting by like having the the in the box chains so fast and ready to go and also doing it outside the box. It's like I just get more options to really enhance what I'm doing and make sure I don't have to like I'm not stuck in a corner and have to like redo things later. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what are you using for amp sims out of interest? What's the what's the go to these days? The go to is totally the um the neural DSB tone king. And I I use that a lot. That's definitely probably the one I use more than that one and the um the slate bundle comes with the THU overloud amps. So it's usually one of those two. So I'm actually pretty minimal sometimes with like like for production the amount of plugins I use because I want to like get to know them really well. So I'll find like what feels to me like the best of the best and I will just keep using and keeping experimenting and evolving with those. And that's another thing that helps me is like not overwhelming myself with too too many plugins like even with synths, like I'm ma mainly going back and forth between uh, like the Anna 2 from Slate and um, the Arteria collection. What actually the Arteria stuff is already more synth than like anyone would need. So, but I I was very intentional when I was getting into production more to start very intentionally. Like, hey, let me start with a simple synth. Like the the Anna 2 synth is like really good at um, you can select things uh, per like if I'm looking for just a pad for pop music that has a softer sound, like it lets you have this menu to kind of like get closer to the sound you're looking for. So I know I can go to that as like an easy, like I'm trying to find something that's suitable for this type of project. And so that, that sometimes might get me closer. And then if I want to get more specific, I can go to the Arturia stuff. And then once in a while, like I'll have fun with the, the, even the stock logic since they're really good. If I was, smart about it, I probably would have just like stayed in logic and got to know this since well but it's kind of like a dance between um like with the slate and a two synth thing like a lot of those presets are a better starting point for me where I don't have to go and tweak sounds as much so it's kind of like balancing that aspect versus like what I was having trouble with the logic synths is that like a lot of the presets just don't sound anything like how I want to do so I found it more helpful workflow wise to like to um, get synth plugins where you can basically roll with the preset versus having to constantly like reinvent the sounds that they're uh, presenting to you. So that also helped me a lot is just like anytime I can have like a preset that's ready to go on the production end. For some reason, I'm the total opposite with mixing. I, I don't like presets at all. I like having like full customization over my like compressors and stuff. but. I feel like because maybe with production, you don't have a lot of those issues with like how much you're driving the input into things. Like generally, if I like a sound, I like a sound. And, you know, it's a nice workflow to like recycle things versus like, and like, sure, like I might use a similar sound on like a couple different projects, but it's like if I want to tweak it for the next project so it's not like the same thing. I still have a better starting point than if I were trying to find a totally new sound from scratch. So it's kind of this chain reaction of like, oh, this sound was cool on this labs project. Let me use it as the inspiration for the next one. Yeah. I feel like it's getting getting from like idea to 
recorded element in the track as quickly as possible as well because you don't want to you don't want to have to jump out of that flow state to start twiddling with a synth too much and you know messing with settings so exactly another thing that i think is maybe not talked about a lot maybe just because like a lot of people take it for granted or i don't know why this isn't discussed a lot but one of the more like prerequisite learning curves i think that was really helpful is just getting a really good knowledge of like uh music theory and arranging and like any kind of musical background where you're learning by ear or i think my experience in bands really helped as well uh to just understand how arrangements tend to work and but especially the music theory stuff being able to shorten the time between what i'm envisioning and being able to actually just play it and so i've got it to the point where pretty much any idea i have i can like instantly play what i'm thinking especially for the genre i'm doing so that's more of like a even though it takes like this upfront learning curve it's something i recommend for any producer to like get that speed down to where like you're not fumbling through like trying to figure out what chords you want and like what the music theory is going to be like the faster you can just be like yeah that's exactly what i'm hearing in my head let me i know how to play it on a guitar or a keyboard and just like having that direct translation from idea to instrument has actually probably been the the most low-tech but best like workflow help you know uh just being able to get from idea to the actual part you want to play as quickly as possible yeah that's always what i wished i could do <laughs> if i could do that i'd be producing <laughs> but yeah do you separate um like time for experimenting and time for working on projects or do you find that you're experimenting the whole time you're like working and learning things then that's a good question um i've definitely tried a little bit of both but i ultimately am finding that experimenting within the projects I find is helpful because it's almost like there's a natural every project is on a timeline right so it almost creates this natural like parkinson's law thing where i know i'm not going to like go too far down the weeds because i'm really chasing after it's it's like it's both a focus thing because i'm chasing after a specific sound that i happen to want at that time uh and then it's also the other thing that focuses me is just knowing that these products are on timelines and that i can't take forever experimenting so i will tend to that will motivate me to find the fastest way into the sound i'm looking for and i think in a way that's almost like expedited my learning curve probably more than if i were doing all these like kind of sessions on the side like trying to just like learn things just because i want to or just like because i think they might be relevant on a client project but like it hasn't happened yet so I've been finding the learning as I go is actually, and this surprised me a lot because I think earlier on as a producer, it was a little bit nerve wracking to not over prepare myself sometimes. And I think like if like as, as a producer, like if you're getting anxious about being able to get your client the result they're looking for, then sure, like it would be good to like take a day or so to like kind of fiddle with some sounds that you may be less familiar with. But if i can like deal with the the pressure of just like hey i have like a you know like maybe a, a day or two to experiment with this as i'm working on the project like maybe there's some some things i need to do that a little bit more concrete but then within those uh to like you know wh whether it's like a three or four hour block 
across two days that I might be like, okay, at some point during this time, I have to like figure that experiment thing that I have to do. So it kind of like gives me the shorter time windows and it's like a nice like incentive to work with the gear I have and like really get creative by having that limitation there of like, you don't have forever to figure this out. So let's get even more creative than I maybe would have otherwise, you know, cause like sometimes like if I give myself like infinite possibility, it might lead my brain into like an over perfectionism of like, it has to be exactly what I was expecting in my head. But by giving these shorter times to kind of like experiment and doing it within the project, I feel like that is, it's also the most fun part. Like I don't really perceive it as like an interruption from the flow because it's like something I need to do anyway. I might sometimes separate it from the actual. So like when I'm working on a project itself, I might separate the things that I need to do that are more concrete versus the things that need more experimentation. Like I might take a certain week, like between like calls with my clients, there might be a certain week that's devoted to the experimental side. So it might be something like that. Um, but other than that, I really don't like to, um, it's not my first instinct to just have a day set aside where I'm experimenting like that. Cause I've been finding it's faster to just like do it in the moment and just like, it's just more motivating. Cause it's like, I have to figure it out. And then sometimes really interesting, like offshoots from that might happen because it's like, maybe I'm a little bit pinched for time and I end up going in a slightly different direction. That's even cooler. So. I, I love just like embracing that sort of approach. Yeah, I love that. So you finished a production, you finished mixing it, you're sending it off for mastering. What's like, what's made you get to that point? What's made you call your production done? What do you think makes a, like a great production? Yeah, this is an interesting nuanced phenomenon because one thing I would say right off the bat with this is something I've learned because uh, I've worked with a lot of like artists that are just doing their like debut single and stuff and like i don't believe in the whole thing of like as soon as the artist approves it's uh, as soon as the artist approves it it's done because uh you get people with different you know levels in terms of like what their ears are able to hear so i consider it my responsibility to make it the best it can be and like i definitely want them to approve it of course but i might even have extra things that I feel like it needs to really get to the level it needs to get to a lot of what determines what I call done. I mean, part of it is instinct. Like for me, like I'll put like a certain quality of work on my portfolio. And then I know people are coming to me because they want that level of quality. And it's kind of like this positive, positive reinforcement of like, I know how my previous productions have sounded and I want to get back to that level. That's probably not as helpful for someone who's like still trying to figure out how to get there though. So I guess like one image that I used to have in my mind that has kind of evolved lately. Like I remember when I first started producing, it was almost like I wanted things to sound like it was like label quality. Like if I could, if I listen to it, it doesn't feel like I'm listening to something more amateur than like my favorite artist. You know, it, it, it feels like it, it's, it's worthy of a position in that mix, you know, with the other stuff. And I've kind of adapted that lately because you're getting into a world now where there's a lot of amazing independent artists as well. And some of them have like maybe a little bit more of a home recorded or uh, lo-fi influence sound and stuff like that. 
So I've kind of broadened that to the point of like, does this sound like something like a like a really good established artist would put out? Something that's satisfying their fans, something that I enjoy listening to, like that I can just like put it on and like I personally enjoy listening to it. So that's like a lot of what I'm thinking of on my end. And then of course, just whatever the client has to say to make sure they give me like full hundred percent approval. And I also, part of this too, is like with the mixing side, I'm starting to develop like a kind of a checklist of how I determine a mix is done. Like how many things, you know, like what are, what are my standards in terms of like making sure the balances are right? You know, certain routine EQ or compression things I always need to do, you know, effects and like making sure that I'm keeping those interesting. Uh, the structure of the arrangement, like making sure the, the arrangement has like movement from beginning to end and it's not like static all the way through, which is probably one of the, the biggest things I focus on arrangement wise is like the interest from beginning to end that it's staying interesting. Uh, sometimes the song itself is like kind of doing that, like the lyric and the melody is conveying that, but a lot of songs need like an extra juice in the arrangement to, um, or the, there's either room to do it or it really needs it <laughs> in some other cases. To like get these like big choruses and these big breakdowns and like crescendos and like whatever other like dynamic changes and then also making sure that arrangement doesn't sound messy that like there's like a stylistic difference i find between like some arrangements are very um minimal to the point where like every instrument is clear even almost before you mix it like the the arrangement is kind of mixing itself and there's no like there's not too much overlap between instruments and then other arrangements are really dense where there's going to be some natural like frequency masking going on. Sometimes I'll carve that out a lot in the mix. Sometimes I'll kind of leave it more in there for like a wall of sound vibe. But the point is like, I, I, I'm kind of like, my brain's not thinking of everything that's on that checklist now, but like, I'll, I have like a, just a routine process of like, you know, the compression, the EQ, the automation, the, the ways I check my mixes, you know, checking it's translation through things like VSX or like checking it in the car. Uh, I'll literally check it on like a phone speaker. Sometimes uh, you can do that. Like with the audio movers plugin, you can, there's like a app on your phone for audio movers. So I'll stream it to my phone speaker and make sure it's like, cause that's like kind of a lot of people's first impression on productions these days. It's like they're scrolling through Instagram and then they, they just hear something on their phone. So, um, there's a lot of different like things that I've worked up as like part of my standard of quality, but uh, over time I've tried to like write them down more and that helps me. I'm not always like actually going through every single thing on that checklist. Cause like I pretty much know it's done when like, I, it just feels great. I'm listening on a couple different systems and nothing's like, you know, it just feels groovy and I don't want to change it. That's probably the biggest thing of all is like when I don't want to change it, it's done. But I don't want to change anything, you know, and the artist doesn't want to change anything either. So, yeah, a couple of different answers to that question. Yeah, no, no that's but... good. So that's probably a good place to uh, kind of wrap things up anyway. Is there anywhere you want to send people if they want to get in touch with you or even just have a chat? Yeah, um, you can check out, I guess, first of all, my website is onkproductions.com. That's just info on what I do and everything. Um, and then my Instagram is my full name, Owen Korzek, K-O-R-Z-E-C is the last name. And then my TikTok is, uh, at Owen plays music. So that's fine. Cool. So I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. 
we've all got to say thank you so much for joining me and coming on the podcast it's been a really interesting episode actually especially for me you know being stuck at the end doing my mastering it's so interesting to get insight on you know everything that goes on before that especially in the production stage which is furthest from me so yeah thank you so much i'm sure people are gonna love this one yeah thank you as well all right so i hope you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as i enjoyed recording it before you go i just want to make a really quick offer so you want everything that leaves your studio to sound incredible but sometimes that final 10 percent can leave you banging your head against the wall Maybe you find yourself in a never-ending cycle of making one last little tweak over and over again. And before you know it, you've been in the studio for 10 hours, you're surrounded by half-empty coffee cups and your eyes are bloodshot. Or maybe you're just dead happy with your mixes, but you need a reliable, thoughtful, fresh set of ears at the mastering stage to get them over the finish line. Either way, I'd love to help. I run a simple and collaborative mastering service. Putting you, your production and your artist's vision at the centre of attention, I bring peace of mind to that final stage of the production process and make sure everybody walks away with a record that they adore. So if you're tired of mastering your own mixes or you're craving a more personal touch than the big name mastering houses can offer, I'd love to team up with you. If you'd like a free mastering sample, be it on an old project or something current, drop it over to me via my website or email me on phil at marsdenmastering.com. That's phil at marsdenmastering.com and we can get the ball rolling.